It's 11.02 Central Daylight Time, and welcome to the Duke of Pipso podcast. Coming to you live from the Xfinity Kids Zone at Guaranteed Rate Field in Chicago, Illinois. I'm Martin. And I'm Matt. And now, Xfinity is going to put the X back in Boxing Day. Oh, I don't even know what that means, but it sounds excellent and extreme. They're bringing Boxing Day to America, Matt. Yes. At the speed of 10G. With a one-hour customer service hold time. Actually, Matt, I've heard some disturbing stuff about 10G. Oh, no. Yeah. Tell me. Uh, I want to know. Please tell me. Okay. It moves in waves. Anything in waves, brain waves, ocean waves, they will destroy your chakra and they'll drown you. Drown you in water? No, in electromagnet waves. Oh my God. Yeah. That's so. I don't think I'm ready for that. You're not. You're not. I wasn't ready for 5G. So, yeah. You know? Well, this, this is. Equally as bad, but worse by wow. an unknown factor. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, well, you know, that, that sort of leads me into my sort of a rant, you know, my, my dad rant. And, oh, yeah. uh, this isn't a, this isn't a rant about your parenting skills. Like it is when we, we were talking the other day, this is a different kind of dad rant. Um, oh, okay. Well. By Hopefully the way, it's go easy cool. on the sports, okay? You're not, what do you I mean? Unless, although your plan is to just make Lily be so good at every sport that she gets basically to choose wherever she wants to go to college, right? Yeah. As a, as a student athlete. Exactly. If you get and five you, scholarships, that's way better than one scholarship. And then you can take that money you're going to use for college and give it to the Bears because... You support them, right? Yeah, obviously. Did okay. you see their draft? So many linemen. Well, so, you know, this is where we are as Chicago sports fans. The only teams we can be excited about are the two worst teams, the Bears and the Blackhawks, because they get the high draft picks. The Blackhawks maybe have a chance to take get the number one draft pick, which is some you know, kid that's once in a lifetime talent. And, you know, everybody's excited about, everyone's excited about how bad the Bears were. Huh? The guy you're talking about, his nickname is the Finnish Filipino. Okay. He's. You made made that up. I did not. I did not. I follow hockey. I have seen the Blackhawks win the Stanley Cup. Okay. Well, I didn't hear you getting excited about the Cubs. I've not heard I'm you say anything. I'm my time. And, you know, I've I've mentioned that I'm not super excited about the White Sox. Uh, the Bulls, you know, we sort of went into that ad nauseum in earlier podcast episodes. Um, yeah, that's where we are. I don't know anything about the fire, and neither do you. Don't pretend that you do. They play at Soldier Field now. Right. So what are we what are we supposed to do? We can only be excited that 
that let's just hope more of our teams get really bad so that we can be fans of them again. That's that's kind of how it works around the shy. Hey, Am the Cubs I right? Are, the Cubs are looking pretty good, Matt. I was just holding off because I thought you hated the White Sox and maybe hated baseball. Well, one one thing the Cubs seem to have figured out is is how to uh, inject a poison pill into the St. Louis Cardinals in the in the form of Wilson Contreras. Nice work. Thank Everybody you. hates also, that guy there. He's also not allowed to play catcher anymore. He's going to play <laughs> outfield in DH. He must be feeling pretty good. Yeah. So. Oh well, I, I you got what you asked for, Wilson. They call Enjoy him Matt the Mervis best fans the in baseball. Day. Matt, you'll love this guy if you haven't heard of him. You love people that are sort of softball players playing baseball. You mean I love anyone named Matt? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, true, true. This guy potentially could be like a poor man's Kyle Schwarber. Okay. Or, you know, perhaps like a not-as-good Patrick Wisdom. Okay. Both classic Cubs. Yeah, okay. Uh, he just got called up Friday. Everyone's excited. Um, I'm just, you know, opting to wait out of respect for your White Sox, Matt, because they're bad. You just, you no, you, first of all, that you just made that up, that part up. You just are using I'm this just as going an excuse. Off the script. You're going, you're reverse engineering this into some, into some thing that you did for me. No, you just, okay. Everybody, everybody knows what's going on. Let's move on. Okay. Uh, did you know that today, Matt, May 9th? Yes. There's a, uh, it's perhaps one of the most historical days in early May. Sure. Of course. Yeah. Well, that you did know that. Yeah, I did. Did you know that on this day in 1980, the horror film classic Friday the 13th, about summer camp counselors being hunted by a masked killer was released in theaters and a yes. huge success led to a popular franchise. Yeah. When I, so when I saw that movie, when I was, I had was not yet six, it made me know from then on that what I, all I ever wanted to do was become a camp counselor. And that's largely what, what has happened in my life. So, of course, I remember this day. It's pretty important stuff right there. Um, this, you probably remember this. 1960, you were in high school. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved the first birth control pill. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, finally, I'm only picking three, but there are thousands, obviously. In 1936 on this day, Seven months after invading Ethiopia and driving Emperor Haile Selassie I into exile, Italy annexed Ethiopia as part of Italian East Africa. Count Bastardo is named regional governor of Italian East Africa. Wow. Interesting. I, I don't believe it's called that anymore. No. No, I don't think so. But in 1936, it was for a little bit, anyway. Yeah. Uh, didn't who didn't didn't Rommel wasn't what they call him the Desert Fox? Didn't he the go Desert in and Fox? He went in and stole 
or conquered for Germany. Then they had right? the old Brit General Montgomery was oh, fighting him. Yes, indeed. Well, yeah, um, Patton did not like uh, Montgomery getting all the glory. Patton, you know, as you know, his main claim to fame was punching soldiers who had PTSD. Yeah, and smoking, uh, smoking a pipe made out of corn. I mean, come on. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I sort of buried the lead on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Well, it's my first time. Those those mighty clashes between powers are are sort of. They're sort of making me, prepping me, I think, for the, the topic today. Oh, yeah, let me give a little intro here. So, believe it or not, sometimes Matt and I don't really have a well-formed up topic. We just get in sync and go with the flow. But today, there's something that it's probably time we get into for a variety of reasons. Um, talking about Red Arrow Soccer. Real quick. For those of you who don't know, the summer camp that Matt and I worked at, I went as a camper, used to play this other camp, Red Arrow, still does, in soccer. I'll leave it at that for now. Yeah. Um, anything called, you want to add? Called, yeah, they yeah. called Red Arrow the beer camp, didn't they? Because the scions of, uh, of the various Milwaukee breweries uh, would would go there when they were children, like the Schlitzes and the Pabsts. And, and the Millers. And the Millers, yeah. Well, your dad. Yeah. I, I don't know. I remember in 1986, on my way up to summer camp, I didn't know anything, but I already knew before I got there that we played Red Arrow. Everyone that went there was a jerk, and we all hated them. You knew that before you ever went to camp? On the way up to camp, I learned that. Oh, okay. Well, that, that's understandable. I mean, and here's what you need to, to know, this, kid. Yeah, to this day, truthfully, I still mostly believe that. Yeah. Okay. Um, there was one story. I witnessed this. It's true. And I, I think I know the end result of this, which I'll get to, but I was a camper coming back from Red Arrow and Red Arrow to do some sport and Red Arrow was coming from our camp and we passed. We stopped at the corner store to get ice cream and the Red Arrow bus parked in front of the main building and then the counselors went into the main building, got ice cream just for themselves got on the bus, and then went back to Red Arrow. <laughs> that happened. It's true. I saw it. It's not, not lying. It's not one of those things where it's like, I saw it, but really someone told me they saw it. I saw it. Because they lost, probably? I don't know. It I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's true. And at that moment, I was, I don't know. I, I'll say 13, but that could be totally wrong. It only reinforced what I knew and believed because other people told me. And if you if you tell me it, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what more evidence do you need? Um, but going back to Red Arrow soccer, of all the sports we played Red Arrow in, soccer, we were 
consistently the most overmatched. Correct. Um, we did not have a lot of people that played soccer. They seemed to have an entire team of people who played soccer year round. Yes. Um, great example. I played soccer against Red Arrow. I never played organized soccer. Right. Anywhere else in the world yet. Yet. Right. Until then. I remember my first year. Um, have you ever had one of those moments athletically? Well, you could, you know, it doesn't have to be athletically, Matt, but a moment that sticks out in your mind and you're like, did I make this larger than life actually? Or is it really like that? Yeah. Yes, I, I had have. One, I had one in the Red Arrow soccer game my first year. So I was out there. I was playing defense. I'm sort of at this point, I think, of the school that I'm just going to follow the ball around and you know, try not to do anything dumb because I don't really know what else is going on. <clears throat> so Red Arrow, the goalie or somebody kicks it, punts it real far, real high down to our half of the field for sure. And I see it and it's coming in there and I'm like, oh, I can head this thing. Right. It's a huge, huge, huge kick. So I get underneath it. It's clearly not through my control or coordination. It just is totally right place, right time. And I head it. And I'm not kidding you. It went more. It went almost back to the goal. It went <laughs> almost halfway. It went huge up in the air. All the way back to the goalie. It went almost all the way back to the goalie. Everybody in the sideline started cheering and clapping. It was probably the highlight of my first summer at camp. That's how impressive it was. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I've, I've never heard that before. Oh, I can just imagine that. What, what a classic, what a classic moment. It's exactly the way you describe it. My so as you correctly said, I was you were a camper. I was not. When I first got to camp, and I had, I finally was able to have my own activity. I it was soccer, and I was out there for several summers. My first, you know, three summers, maybe four, and uh, I was lucky in that. During those summers, I had this rotation of uh, other counselors. One was from Ireland. He helped me teach soccer one summer. The other was from Africa. He helped me teach soccer. They, you know, they were super into soccer. I, you know, was okay. But I, I was competitive. They were competitive. And we would put these teams together that, like you said, it didn't matter how good we were. It was like they were a professional team and that they had like a, their own like motor coach and like trainers. And I mean, that's how it felt, even though it was probably wasn't like that. But one time I had to, there weren't enough officials. So I was like, okay, you know, I, I'm going to have to do it. And the, I have to say, this this is where you and I are 
are different and probably I'm different from pretty much anyone else at camp. I can't stand being a referee or an umpire. I hate it. It I it stresses me out. I even if I, you know, I especially back then. So here I am refereeing the soccer game. <laughs> There's all this physical physicality and they're literally screaming at me the entire time I was out there, their whole sideline, coaches, players, everybody throwing their hands up in the air. I thought it was going to be like, I didn't know what was, you know, I was like, I can't give up. Not like they're going to try to kill me is like what it felt like. And finally, at some point, it got so ridiculous that I just, I stopped the game and I took the whistle off and I just walked over to the Red Arrow sideline and I gave it to him. I didn't say anything. I didn't, I wasn't like, I, you know, abstain from this behavior. I just couldn't handle it. And I gave them the whistle and walked away. And then they took over the game and we lost like 10 to five or something, you know, but, um, you know, the, the, it, like you said, I don't remember if I'm overreacting or not, but I don't ever remember any kind of game anywhere where the sportsmanship was worse than that. And yes, I was sensitive to it because it was being directed at me, and that didn't happen that many times. But man, what, what was the point? It's a game between two summer camps. Everybody is like hundreds of miles away from home. You know, they they have to go to a bathroom in a house where the, all the toilets face each other every day. Like, can't that's we just... A, make, that's to build accountability, Matt. Can't we just... I know. Can't we just make a little, like... Can't we just have some friendly competition? No, we couldn't. No. no. So, uh, yeah. You were not overreacting. I was not at the game, but... Trust me, you were not overreacting. I mean, it was it was like it was it was like a joke. I mean, except it wasn't. No, it was real. You were there. Well, I just be glad that you handled it in a you know you could have handled it way worse. So I also did some umpiring in softball, and during those uh, snow came up to me afterwards and, and gave me some notes about like calls that I blew, which there were more than a few. And then I, I remember being really embarrassed by that. And even he was like, come on, you know, you, geez, you really blew that one. But, so I'm not saying I was a good official. I'm not. You're but, trying though. Right. Like, yeah. Isn't that the point? Aren't we all yeah. up there to teach, but You're trying to be fair. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Right. You're doing it, the best you can. It's not like I was throwing people out of the game or like, call, like, oh, nope, that was a home run. And it was like clearly a strikeout or something, you know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what else to tell you. I was golfing with our associate Gravy a few years ago and we got partnered up with this guy from Milwaukee and he kept, you know, like he, kept looking at me and was like, have we met before? I'm like, no, no. Well, we had. We yeah. had met before. Turns out he worked at Red Arrow. And Gravy let him know 
we don't like you guys. As a matter of fact, we effing hate you guys. Wow. And he said it to his face, and it was one of the few times where I was proud that he, you know, stood up for himself and had a little extra incentive to be mouthy, and it really paid off. And then he instructed his Apple Watch to summon his Tesla to drive out onto the golf course and run the guy over. Then he putted out, and he took a 25 for the hole. (laughs) Perfect. Yes. Well, It was a great day. Yeah, I love that. Uh, well, that's good. That's good. That's a that's a fitting, uh, you know, coda to to our to our storytelling. Not that we won't come back to this well again. There's, uh, but- you know, a whole it issue of like, are they really a mirror image of us, and we're looking at them and we hate ourselves? That's for oh, another episode. That's good. I like that. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just say. Uh, our cheers were better. We all got ice cream no matter what. And it didn't it didn't matter. It did, the fact that we got ice cream whether we won or lost did not change who we were, make us better or worse at anything. So we're living we're, revenge, you know, uh, is is something that, you know, we get by by living a happy life. With well, happy memories. I'll take our team of 25, 8, and 9-year-olds who all play the same amount against anybody. Even if you have 12 players that are all great at soccer. We don't care. Yes. Amen. Well, on that note, let's move on to another one of our favorite competitions. Uh, all, all, otherwise known as 33. Okay, Matt. Yes. Tell me what number I'm thinking of. Um, I'm going to go with 23. It was 11, oh. but I guess 33. So you were closer. So you oh. get to choose. Okay. I'm going to give to you. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. The name of the game is 33. 33. Charles Oakley. He played for the Bulls for a little while, and then he went to the Knicks, and then a lot of people hated him. The Knicks teams were really hateable. Uh, he got banned from the Garden because, like, he was a player, and he came back to watch the game and got an argument with the owner. Right. Uh, Jordan liked him. I don't know if they're still friends. I think Jordan, like, gets rid of his friends all the time. He's only friends with Tiger Woods now. Uh, oh, you're Charles talking about Oakley. Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about my daughter. Okay, sorry. Uh, you're, no, as far as I know, your daughter is friends with Charles Oakley, but I don't think she just drops friends really easily. Oakley was drafted by the Bulls out of Virginia Union, which is a historically black college and university uh, about a mile from where I live, and uh, played for the Bulls. They traded him to the Knicks for none other than Bill Cartwright. Bill Cartwright. Is remember your voice him, okay? Ma- Marty. Bill. All right. Some uh, Mike. Horace trouble. Grant. Oh, Ho Grant. No, Horace Grant. Oh, Horace. Sorry, Horace Grant. Bulls power forward. 
eventually went to the Magic. I think because the Bulls didn't want to pay him, and he left as a free agent. Uh, the teams he was on with the Magic were pretty good. They didn't win anything, but they're pretty good. Um, I think he dealt with a lot for a long time. Of he thought he was pretty good, and maybe some bitterness or resentment towards Michael Jordan. There are books written about it. Um, yeah, good player. Uh, oh, famous for his, uh, like, he wore, like, the cream glasses, right? Yeah, cream glasses? Yeah, cream, he wore... Cream glasses. Cream glasses. Cream. 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 He was legally blind. That's why he had to, he had to wear those. Oh. Yeah, that, I didn't yeah. know that. No, that yeah. makes it hard to see. Uh-huh. Okay. Dennis Rodman. What an interesting character. It goes to show, well, I don't know, because this maybe could be true, but I guess when he played with the Pistons, uh, he had a variety of mental health challenges, and instead of helping him, or even point him in the right direction to get help, they just got rid of him from the team. Hopefully that would not happen now. I don't know. Um, But hopefully it would not. I think really he... uh, His heart's in the right place, clearly. He loved basketball. Uh, He was great at self-promoting. Could you imagine if he was around now with like TikTok and stuff? People, he'd blow it up. People would love it. I mean, he's still around, but you know, he's old. Yeah. He's not interested he's... anymore. Yeah. Uh, the worm, they called him. Right before he left the Pistons, and it, it did, one of the reasons he left is because they, because Chuck Daly, who was like his basically the only thing that kept him from being completely nuts a lot, he, he resigned. But that that last year, he led the NBA in rebounding with 18.7 rebounds per game, (laughs) which is a record that still stands. 1,530 rebounds for the season. I feel like a team has had less than 18 point whatever rebounds an entire game, a whole team. Yeah, yeah. We'll get our stack guy on that. Yeah. All right. Well, that was good. Uh, yeah. Nice work. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Uh, Matt, the name of the game is 33. Okay. King Charles. Uh, I am not that into the Royals. I, I could not help but think that he looked miserable when I looked at, watched just various footage of the coronation yesterday or i'm sorry on uh saturday uh it it just was just really weird it he just he's just you know what he's been waiting 70 years for this yeah it's his biggest day of his life yeah well you know what abraham lincoln said matt yes when you're watching someone and they look miserable they're watching you looking at them miserably yes good i like that all right well you'll love this 33 based on this past comment king george oh um 
he is that kind of funny character, sort of balding, um, and he runs around in like a nightgown. Um, the madness of King George. He he seems just kind of like a a funny British actor. I like he, him. Yeah, he he was Benny Hill of his time, and Correct. he proved that mental illness is funny. Right, right. Uh, King Ralph. Oh, uh, King Ralph is, uh, I think, he's the owner of Ralph's supermarket chain in California, and they probably have spread to, like, Arizona and Nevada, uh, places like that now. Um, I, you know, I've never shopped there. I think it's kind of like, kind of like, I don't think it's like Jewel because it's a lot bigger. I don't know. Maybe it's like Albertsons, which is another place I've never, well, I have shopped there. Anyway. Albertsons, so you're saying it might be Albertsons and Jewel are the same. They are now. That's yeah, true. Yeah, so maybe it's Albertsons, Jewel's, King Ralph's. Yeah. Anyway, everybody likes, everyone likes his groceries. Because West Coast people will never buy groceries at a place called Albertsons. Yeah, I think they have. I think, I think Albertsons is from like no. Utah or something. No, yeah, well, that's but not the Utah West Coast. Only. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The mountain time zone. Right. Well, great job. Great job. Uh, Thank you. I have nothing to add to the last two because you hit them right on the nose. Okay. All right. Well, Martin, it's time for hurrahs and huzzahs. And oh, I know, perfect. Yeah, I know you're excited to hear about my hurrah. Um, I am big time. Yeah, yeah, talking about big time. Whoa. Um, so actually, I wanted to uh, give a hurrah to the uh, marionettes from the uh, music, <laughs> the music video for the song "Touch of Gray" by the Grateful Dead. Oh yeah. Um, I was watching that video the other night. And I just, I forgot, it's just really good. It's really good. Um, you know, it it was, for the time, it was, I think, pretty, like, whatever. Like, it was, it was unprecedented. It was creative and clever. Um, the Grateful Dead were not a previously really a top 40 hit kind of band, but um, a lot of things came together for them in the late 1980s and they made this video. And if you watch the video, it's just, it's just really impressive. It's the marionettes are these, the whole band is like skeletons singing and and playing their instruments and moving around the stage. Uh, It's just really good. And I was really glad that I sort of, that whatever algorithm that's trying to ruin my life, figured out that that would be a good thing for me to watch on YouTube because that's how they really keep enjoyed you hooked. It. Yeah, yeah. Well, great. Yep. Great. Um, Matt, my huzzah this week, it's taking me 45 hard-earned years to come to this conclusion. Okay. And it may be shocking because if you know me, this is maybe, this is difficult for me to say, but it's time. We need to stop horse racing. Oh, wow. Do you know how many horses died at the Kentucky Derby in that week? Like two, three? Seven. 
Seven. Seven. Uh, do you know in the from August first to July thirty first? This is in Australia because that's where I get all my stats from. But August yeah. twenty twenty one to July twenty twenty two in Australia, how many horses died were killed at Australian racetracks? Fifty. A hundred and thirty nine. Oh my god. Unbelievable. You used to be able to say, well, I can gamble on it, so it's worth, you know, some collateral damage. But now you can gamble on anything. True. So, and it's, is it really that exciting? I don't know. Like, I watched the Kentucky Derby yesterday. I did bet on it. I didn't win. But that's not what this is about. They're real jammed up. They all sort of look the same on TV. Um... And then you're like, oh, did I win? And then you, it's like, you know, a scratch-off lottery ticket. You don't know what's going on. Yeah. And then, you know, they just die all the time. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's not, uh, not very civilized. No, no. And I know some people say it's the most civilized sports, but yeah, really it's the most brutal true. and, you know, they're, training these horses to go around pumped up full of drugs so we can bet and drink and watch on watch them right it's weird yeah it's like do you fox remember hunting. do you remember when we were kids that when you'd watch the sports part of like the news or whatever they would report on the horse racing yes and they they had the there was a famous announcer in chicago phil george f who would do the like here they come spinning around the turn. And that, I remember that every day or night or whatever, watching the news and hearing his voice, because they would report on the the horse racing like it was a real sport. Not anymore, I guess. No, it's not anymore. And I think, I mean, boxing, which I would argue is a, safer sport than horse racing boxing is pretty much dead yes although i guess it was replaced with ufc so maybe it's just the same yeah but even though it's not as popular as it used to be no come on horse racing it you know there's there used to be what four horse tracks in chicago yeah now there's one yeah just you know put it out of its misery pull the plug we could build robot horses and bet on those. Then Let's they could have that. lasers and stuff. Let's. That's what we're going to do. Let's do okay. that. Perfect. Perfect. Well, let's get to work on it right now. That means we need to stop this podcast. Okay. All right. Well, have a great week, everybody. We'll see you soon. Yep. Bye.